In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, to the ages of all ages, amen. So, uh, anybody familiar with the term stirs? Stirs, like people who stir, they stir up trouble, right? So these stirs go <clears throat> to John the Baptist, um, and they tell him, Hey, do you see what's happening? That guy that you baptized, I don't know how long ago, now he's baptizing. And like, he's baptizing even more people than you are, right? <clears throat> and they try to make St. John the Baptist lose his peace. God knows, and I know, that there's all kinds of other stirs that disturb you and me. Maybe they're not comparing you to somebody else and how many people you baptize. But maybe they are comparing you. Maybe there is a spirit of comparison which is bothering you, which is looking at the guy next to you, the girl behind you, the people on social media, the this, the that, right? And maybe... There is a spirit of comparison that sometimes disturbs our peace. God is here today. And He wants to disempower that spirit of comparison. And He wants to give you entire peace, endless peace and confidence and enthusiasm and encouragement in Him. As I was saying in the introduction to the readings, this Coptic month is the month during which Jesus' baptism occurs. And so all of the readings are revealing to us, expounding to us, um, unpacking for us the beauty and the blessings, the free gifts that come with Jesus' baptism. And those who choose to enter into the baptism of Christ. They enter into Jesus, and with Jesus they enter into the waters of the Jordan. With Jesus they enter into the tomb, and with Jesus they rise again a new creation. And that's the, uh, the short of the long of the blessings of baptism. Now what does this have anything to do with this, with this spirit of comparison? Seeing as I'm losing my voice, I'm going to be brief and to the point. The psalm says, you have brought us out to rich fulfillment. But before bringing us out to that rich fulfillment, it says, we went through fire and through water. It's like we went through some trouble, some tribulation, some difficulty, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. Today's readings, today's readings are trying to give us a certainty and peace that if we abide in Him, if we find our peace in Him, if we find our rest in Him, if we find our belonging in Him, then the whole world melts away from us. It's trying to give us 
peace and confidence in eternity. The words that St. Paul uses in his, uh, in his epistle that we read today are very strong. He says, having boldness, enter the holiest. He says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance. He says, let us hold fast our confession of hope without wavering. You see, you see this, this guy is so sure of what he's saying, nothing can shake him. And he wants you also to be so sure that nothing can shake you. Not what that person is wearing or what that person is driving or what that person, none of that. He wants you to have a fullness and assurance in your place, in your belonging in Jesus. And what St. Paul is telling us here is that having boldness that you have entered into Jesus and Jesus has now entered into the holiest of the holies and He is there in the presence of the Father. He is carrying you. There's a prayer that we priests pray, a prayer of repentance, of confession before God. And we say, Lord, I confess. I have not carried your people in my heart before you. What does that mean? It means that when I went to stand before God, maybe I forgot some of you. Maybe I was so selfish, I forgot all of you. And I'm sorry to disappoint you. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But there is a high priest who does not disappoint. There is a high priest who carries you, who carries you in his heart in so much as you have found your place in Him, in so much as you have found your belonging in Him, in so much as you abide in Him, He carries you. He brings you with Him into the presence of the Almighty God, of, of, of all, the, the Father in heaven. And you have your place in Him. That's what we celebrate also in the Feast of Ascension. And you could say, well, Father John, but you keep saying, in so much as I have my place in Him. How do I know that I have my place in Him? How can I have certainty that I have my place in Him? I've used this example before when I was speaking about the Feast of the Ascension. If you buy tickets to a basketball game, you buy a ticket and it tells you what bowl you're in, what row you're in, what seat you're in. And if you walk up to that seat, if you get a plane ticket and you get your boarding pass and it says you're sitting in seat 29F and you go to 29F and you find somebody sitting there, what do you do? Some people freak out. No need to freak out. You just pull the boarding pass out. You check to make sure you're not dyslexic. You look at the thing. You look at there. They're always like a, a little bit askew in the plane, right? And so I'm never sure is 29F this one or this one because 29F is right in the middle, right? And then I say, pardon me, sir. I'm supposed to be sitting in 29F. And I have confidence when I'm talking to that person. Why? Because I know that I have a place on this plane. Look, it's written right here. Look, it's written right here. You have a seat number. Just don't forget to get on the plane. How do you know you're on the plane? How do you know you're, how do you know you're there? That's the next reading St. John says to us. This is what gives us assurance that we abide in Him. 
By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. Have you experienced the life of the Holy Spirit in your life? Have you experienced the voice and guidance of the Holy Spirit in your life? One of the prayers I've been praying probably since I was 17 or 16 or 15 or I can't remember how old until now. And I still pray this prayer almost every time I pray, Lord, I want to hear your voice. You know, my mom has a very characteristic sneeze. If I was standing in a hall of a thousand people and she sneezed, I would know it was her. I would be certain that it was her. I just know it, right? I know it's my, she's my mom. She's my mom. I know her, right? How about the Spirit of God that is dwelling in you? How about the Spirit of God who is with you when you wake, when you sleep, when you go to work, when you come home, when you go to the gym, when you're preparing dinner, when you're on the phone, when you're alone, when you're in the shower? How about the Spirit of God who is living and present with you? Do you know Him? Every time I hear His voice, I remember... A verse from the Psalms in Psalm 40 in the third hour prayer that says, By this I know that you are well pleased with me. Every time I hear his voice, I am reminded by this verse in Psalm 40, but it says, By this I know that you are well pleased with me. Not just a little pleased. Not just maybe pleased, not just conditionally pleased. If you're a good boy, I'll be pleased with you. But if you're a bad boy, no. By this, I know that you are well pleased with me, that my enemy has not yet overcome me. If God continues to guide me in the tiny little details of my life, do this, don't do this, say this, don't say that, go here, go there, and so on. If God continues to help me avoid congestion in downtown Toronto, which is unavoidable, you know, if God continues to care for the tiniest little details of my life, it is proof that he hasn't tossed in the towel on me yet. Just he hasn't tossed in the towel. He is well pleased. He is well pleased with you and with me. I beg you with all my heart to pray this short prayer. Lord, I want to know your voice. I promise you, today's not a talk about hearing the voice of God and how to hear the voice of God. But the first step is to have a listening ear, to have a disposition which wants to hear. I beg you, pray this prayer every time you pray. Lord, I want to hear your voice. It's like five words or ten words. I can't count. doesn't matter. Right? Pray this very simple prayer every time you pray. And you will start to notice a voice that you've been hearing all this time along 
all this time has been speaking to you and you know him. The next reading tells us to repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The next, the next reading, St. Peter is calling us. He's like, he's calling us through the Holy Spirit to repentance. What are you going to hear the Holy Spirit say? You're going to hear him calling you to repentance. But it's not going to sound like this every single time. Please go sit down, review your life, write a list of all things which do not belong. You know that game, which of these does not belong, right? Play that little game with your life, which of these does not belong. Write a list, call up the priest, make an appointment for confession, and go confess. That's not what you're going to hear every single time you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit when he is calling you to repent. Yes, that is, that is the culmination of repentance and confession and communion and making restitution for our faults. And yes, that's the wholeness of entering into the wholeness of the life of Christ. Yes, I'm all about repentance and confession. But repentance is not some perfunctory act to come you know, my head bowed and say to the priest, I have sinned, I haven't repented in so long. That's good. All of that is good. I'm all for it 10 zillion percent. But the, that's the crown of a life of repentance. So what's the meat and potatoes of it? What's the bread and butter of it? What's the day-to-day -day of it? The day-to-day -day of it is that guy I snubbed on my way in because I've only slept a few hours last night because the neighbors were making noise because this, because that, and whatever. And on my way into work, on my way into school, on my way onto the subway, onto the way, you know, I snubbed that guy or that person or whatever. Repentance is on my way, on my way back to look and smile and say, hey, have a great day. Repentance is a return. Repentance is a true change in us that reveals itself in our actions, in our way of life. Repentance is a change of direction. We were talking last week, I believe it was, or maybe it was the week before, and we were saying that we can't possibly change direction and keep going in the same direction. It's a true change. It's a real change that reveals itself in action, in, in behavior. Sometimes we do things by accident. You know, those little white lies, like not the little white lies that you meant to cover something up. The little white lie when somebody asks you what time is it and you're like, it's 10 to 10. And you look at your watch, you're like, what, what time is it? Oh my goodness, it's 10.25, right? You know, right? And then you, say, you realize, I didn't even, you turn around and say, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I just blurted anything out. It's 10 to 10. It's 10 to 25, not 10.10, right? I don't know why I did that. Guess what? Everybody does that. So when you go and you correct yourself, people look up to you. That you're a person of integrity. That you're unwilling to let even the smallest deed, the smallest untruth slip by you. We all do those things. Repentance is to correct it, is to turn around, is to change. Who, who reels me back in? Who brings me back? The Spirit of God dwelling within me. And St. John then tells us, he tells us this. He tells us, I am the friend of the bridegroom and I rejoice 
at the sound of his voice. At the sound of his voice in your life, I promise you with all my heart, like my name is John, he will cause you to rejoice. I was talking to a good friend of mine while I was in med school. It's in uh, second year, I think, of med school. And a really good friend of mine, my best friend throughout med school, this guy named Ernest. And he was telling me, yeah, but how do you know when God is speaking to you? I told him, when God speaks to you, when you hear his voice, it brings you joy and peace regardless of what it is that he says to you because he is the almighty and i say to my friend ernest i say to him god could tell me this is a true story god could tell me that my dad has cancer and give me peace and joy about it because he is the almighty he can do anything the moment those words came out of my mouth, I knew that it was God himself who was speaking to me and telling me that my dad had cancer. Two, days later, two weeks later, I was on the phone with my mom talking to her about this and that, whatever, and I was like, oh, uh, you know, we would like, my mom would help us to coordinate our rides. We all, we all went downtown at different times, but we'd usually commute back together with my dad, my sister and I. So uh, my mom would like coordinate us, you know, so we'd all end up at the same place in the same car on the way home. So I'm talking to my mom like, yeah, so where should I meet my dad today? Where should I meet dad today? And this and that. Mom says, oh, uh, he's at the, he's the family doctor or something. I'm like, oh, okay, just a checkup or something. I'd forgotten this conversation with Ernest or, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what it was, but I, I, I wasn't worried. And she says, uh, yeah, yeah, he's at the family doctor and this and that and, and that and so on. So this led to that, led to that, led to a biopsy, was inconclusive, another biopsy. And then indeed, he had, he was confirmed to have cancer. He had surgery and then he had a recurrence, he's had radiation. And he's, he's fine now. Uh, and uh, thank God for all things, right? But in that moment, in that moment, I knew that it was true and you knew that it was, I had peace and I had joy in my heart for hearing the voice of God, knowing that the same God who can penetrate all of the depth of my fallenness and brokenness and speak to me, the God who can bring me peace and comfort in such terrifying and terrorizing news, can also take care of my dad and make sure that he'll be okay here or in the next life. And if he's in the next life, he'll take, God will take care of us too. So God wants you, if he wants anything from you today, he wants you to leave this place with a complete and unshakable assurance that in him, in him, You have peace. In Him, you have assurance of everlasting life. In Him, He makes all well. He makes all well. 
despite the circumstances. He didn't change the circumstances. He didn't miraculously cure my dad. He made everything okay as we went through all of that journey together as a family. He will also make it okay for you. He wants to give you complete assurance so you can have boldness and confidence in your place in Him. Glory be to God forever and ever. Men, I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please pray for me.